Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Those lovely faces. Can we give them a round of applause? Good. So, we're in part five of a series, which is 40 days of prayer, as part of a whole year of prayer at Ivy Church. And today I'm going to be talking about how to pray through your day. When you look at the life of somebody like the Apostle Paul in the Bible, you find that he just was like a prayer machine. He was praying all the time. So we just did about somebody praying for the first time, which was a brilliant, amazing story to hear. Thanks very much. Can we give it up again for James? And then this guy, prayer, this guy Paul, he sort of like makes anybody feel bad about prayer because he's like praying all the time. He, look, you know, he always starts off just about every letter with prayer. And then he says, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you all the time. He says, I'm always praying. I'm continually praying. I'm constantly praying. I pray without ceasing. I never stop praying for you. And he's like, he's just always praying. And he's like, you know, the Olympic gold medalist, if you like, of prayer. And it makes me feel like, a bit of a you know slob of a jogger <laughs> who's kind of only just going around the block. So how do we learn to pray without ceasing? If Paul did it, how can we learn to pray without ceasing? Is it possible for us to be able to do that? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, when he's writing all about prayer, Paul says this, pray in the spirit at all times with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up and always pray for all of God's people. Now, there's about six or seven things that he says really quickly. I'm going to go through them just in that little passage to help us. Seven instructions, if you like, to help us to be able to pray more. Let me point them out really quickly. First of all, he says, pray in the spirit. Well, what does that mean? It basically means you let God lead you. You go with the impressions that you get. You know, that little thought that comes in your head and you think that's just my thought. Well, maybe it's not your thought. Maybe it's God speaking to you and that he's guiding you. Maybe that person that you keep thinking about all the time is because God wants you to pray for them. That situation that you've got, that, that, you know, it doesn't just have to be a worry. It can be something that you can pray about. It's like an impression. God's saying, why don't you pray about this? Why don't you talk to me about this? Why don't you listen to what I've got to say? I've got some wisdom to help you about that particular situation. You get an idea, pray about it. Something pops into your mind. Think, oh, okay, capture that for a minute. The Holy Spirit comes along and all the time he's whispering to us or sometimes he's, he's given us an impression. He might give you an image or you can go, okay, I'm gonna, I don't just think I'll pray about it later. Pray about it then. Just, you know, pause for a moment and listen to what God is saying to you. Number two, he says, at all times, which basically means there's never a bad time for prayer. There's never a time when you're going to go, oh, actually, I can't pray about that right now. You can pray anytime, place, anywhere. It's all right for prayer. Then he says, pray with all kinds of prayer. Do you know there's different kinds of prayer? In this 40-day series and throughout the year, we're going to be looking at different kinds of prayer. And actually, in that sense, it can also depend upon you, upon your emotions. You can pray in a certain way that you wouldn't pray in another way. Or it could pray, you can pray depending on your circumstances or your personality. Not everybody likes to pray the same way. Um, you know, you look in the book of Psalms. If you want to learn how to pray, open the Bible a real one, like the paper version, right in the middle 
on, and you're going to find the Psalms. And there you can find the full range of prayer for every kind of person, every kind of emotion, every kind of circumstances. There's a kind of prayer that fits you that's already there in the Psalms any day all the time there's, there's, there's crying out prayers there's complaining prayers there's celebrating prayers there's confessing prayers there's courageous prayers all those prayers right in the middle of the Bible and if you want to learn to pray as I say read the Psalms Why don't you, one thing I've sometimes done is it's like for a month or you know, I'll, I'll kind of look at, I'll look at the date and I'll say well it's the 22nd is it today? 28th see it just shows I'm all over the place so I'm, sorry 28th just test him and I'll look at Psalm 28 and read Psalm 28 that day. And so often I'll find, actually, that really helps me that day. It just so happens that it sometimes arranges like, I know you're only probably going to go through the first 31 Psalms, but it's still good to do that. Then he says, number three, pray with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. What does that mean? That means you can ask about anything. There's no subjects that are off limits. It's like, you know, God's not going to go, oh, don't you talking to me about that. There's nothing that you can't pray about. If you're interested in it, God is interested in it because he's interested in you. Some people think that prayer is like, I've only can talk to God about religious stuff and churchy stuff and you know, all those kind of things. And the rest of my life is just for me to figure out. That's so far from the truth. So many people think that there's all kinds of sections in my life that all I can do really do about them is worry about them. But I often say, if you can worry about it, you can pray about it. Because actually, when I worry about it, all I'm doing really is praying to somebody who can't do anything about it, which is me. That's all I'm doing. I'm asking myself for all the answers and all the power and all the place to be able to sort it out. And I can't do anything about it. But when I pray, I'm getting somebody involved who really can do something about it and who can change anything. Because prayer can change anything and God can change anything and God can do it. So you can pray about physical needs, about mental issues, you can pray about financial issues, you can pray about relational issues, you can pray about sexual issues, you can pray about political issues, you name it, it nothing's off limits. You can pray about everything. Number four, he says, always be ready. What does ready mean? But one thing it can mean is have a plan. We're going to talk about that today. Having a plan to pray, being ready to pray. How, how can you plan your prayers through the day? Because spontaneous prayers are great when we're just praying about everything all of the time. But God says, why don't you plan to pray? Plan sometimes just to connect with me throughout your day. When you just stop, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and connect with God right there and then. You must always be ready. And number five, never give up. Just don't stop praying. Sometimes we can be tempted to, to stop praying. It, but actually... As a Christian, prayer is like, it's like breathing. It's like, you, you, you know, as I'm talking, hold your breath a minute. Some people want to live on that one breath. And you're not going to live very long like that. You need to breathe again. You need to, you know, sometimes we're not even aware of it. But we can be running on our own resources so often. Number six, he says, and always pray for what? Number seven, all of God's people which means we're not just to pray for ourselves, but we can pray for other people too. And how can I pray for all of God's people and for lots of God's people if the only prayers that I pray are like even a quick waking up in the morning, hi God, <laughs> and going to bed, Lord, I really just want to, <sighs> kind of prayer, which is what a lot of people's prayer life, to be honest, mine can be like that sometimes. Just get so, you know, there's just bookends of prayer at the beginning and at the end of the day where I sort of check in with God. 
And then the rest of the day, to be honest with you, even though I'm a Christian, I'm like a practical atheist because I might as well live as if there is no God because I'm not actually connecting with him very often throughout the day. So there's two different ways that we can pray throughout the day. You can write this down. Some people are making notes, which is great. The devil hates it when you make notes. Number one, keep a running conversation with God. You can just talk to God like I'm talking to you about anything all the time, whenever you want. You don't have to light a candle. You don't have to go into church. You don't have to get down on your knees. I mean, all those things could be helpful to you if that helps you, but you don't have to do any of that to be able to open up the conversation with God. You can talk to him about anything. You don't actually, don't even have to stop praying. You don't have to finish. You know, sometimes people think that the only way you've got to pray and then you finish and you've got to say, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Oh, it doesn't work. It's like, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it's, but as I say, it's supposed to be a natural thing. You don't stop breathing, do you? Well, you do one day. <laughs> but in the meantime, you don't often usually think about breathing. You don't think about breathing until I start talking to you about breathing and then you start thinking about breathing. <sighs> it's natural for us to be able to do this. And what, we're, you know, what, what about if there could come a point in which prayer became for you as natural, really, as breathing? It's just something that you don't have to make yourself do or even think about. And uh, that's what God wants. You know, hands up if you talk to yourself. 90% of people talk to themselves. Sometimes, to be honest with you, it's the only way I get any sense. <laughs> but you, if you can talk to God, you can talk... So if you can talk to yourself, you can talk to God in the same way. You know, you just involve him in the conversation that's going on in your head. Nobody knows. You can't, you know, you're not going to get in trouble. You can even do it. You can do it out loud these days in the car. People just think you're on hands-free. <laughs> you going like, <laughs> can't you? You just talk, you walk down the street and people are like, oh, okay, I'm all Bluetooth up. And you're just talking to God. <laughs> you can talk to God, you know, walking the dog putting the letter in the post box, you can pray about that situation or whatever it is. Whatever you do, you can talk to God about it conversationally. Here's what Rick Warren, who, who is the guy behind the 40 Days of Prayer um, series, says about this. He says, if you don't feel like praying, so if I don't feel like praying, it means I'm not praying what I feel. See, we had the thing with, with, with our kids, we wouldn't let them say boring. It was like a, it was, not, it was an, an out of bounds word in our house. You know, the kids are like, oh, it's boring. We'd be like, no, you're boring. <laughs> yeah? It's like, the only reason it's boring is because you're boring. Do something different. Do something exciting. And sometimes it can be like, I think sometimes we'd be like, oh, my prayer life's a bit boring. And God's like, you know what? You're boring. <laughs> That's the reason your prayer life's boring. You're flipping boring yourself. Talk to me about what you're thinking. Talk to me about what you're feeling. Let me get some answers going to those prayers. You're going to see how exciting prayer can really be. Start praying some big prayers. Start praying some challenging stuff. Then we're going to see who's boring. Because God's not boring. Jesus is not boring. The Holy Spirit is not boring. So if there's a problem, if there's a boring prayer life going on, point to the person chiefly responsible. You're going to find it's you. Because you're just not connecting with God in the way that he wants you to. And if you only pray religious churchy prayers every now and then because somebody at the front tells you to, you're going to have a boring Christian life. You're going to have a boring prayer life. You're going to have a boring life. Because God is interested 
in what you are interested in. He, you know, some people say, well, why do you have to pray if he already knows what's going on in my life? You know, people ask that all the time. Well, you know what? It's because he's interested in you. That's the reason. I know very often what's going on in my kids' lives, but I still want them to talk with me about it. Just because I know doesn't mean that I don't want to know. I want to know them. I want to know what they're thinking, what they're feeling. I want them to be able to process it with me because I love them. And I'm more interested in them than I am even in the answers to the prayers, if you like. It's, it's just to be able to, it's not just about the questions and the answers, it's about the conversation. It's about the relationship. Prayer's about relationship. And we can make it quite transactional. And we've got to be careful of that because it isn't just about that. It's about deepening the relationship with God. You know, sometimes I've been talking to the kids and I'm listening with the kids. And actually, it doesn't really matter what they're talking about. What matters is we're talking. We're connecting. And there's another way to us to be able to do this. Number two is to schedule prayer times throughout my day. And this is not some new idea. From the very beginning of time, people have scheduled times of prayer. And if you look in the Old Testament, you're going to find various times when people prayed. It says in the book of Daniel, that Daniel, when he prayed, he actually got in trouble for it, that he prayed three times a day. And it was like people knew where he would be at those times in the day. They, they said, there's only one way we're going to be able to trap this person and get them in trouble. It's in relation to how he relates to God. And we know where he's going to be three times a day. We know what he's going to be doing. We know he's going to be praying to God in the morning, and in the noontime, and in the evening. So when this decree came out, which said you can't pray, you're not allowed to pray, the government have banned prayer, which in certain countries around the world would still be in place, he got in trouble for this revolutionary act of praying, this powerful act that said that there's a king who's bigger than our king. And they knew how to find him because he was this regular person of prayer, and he had those three times throughout the day, scheduled. Now, something happened during the time of the Roman Empire, when the Romans took over the known world, you know, that they, they basically imposed themselves on every civilization wherever they were. So that's why you might drive down a road in Britain and it's a Roman road and it's really straight and it just keeps on going. They, they you know, there's, what did the Romans ever do for us? <laughs> they built roads, they, you know, aqueducts. Some people don't even remember this, or you two Christians who have ever watched The Life of Brian. But <laughs> the Romans did it, some incredible things, actually. And um, they would build a forum in every city. And in the forum, they would put a bell tower. And the Romans' bell tower would ring seven times, six or seven times a day. It would ring, first of all, about six in the morning. Six o'clock in the morning, it was called prime or the first hour. And that was to get everybody up to get to work. It was like everybody's alarm clock, if you like. And it said, now work has started in this city at six o'clock. And then about 9 a.m., the bell would ring again. And, and three hours later, and that was called the third hour. And then when it says when Jesus hung on the cross, he, it, was around, it was in the, the sixth hour, which would be, you know, as it talks about these, look, he's got the ninth hour, the third hour. What they're doing in the Bible there is using Roman time because the Romans imposed their timings on everybody. 12 noon was the sixth hour of the day. That was lunch break time. Everybody, here's the cool thing, in the Roman Empire, everybody finished work for a three-hour lunch break at 12. Yeah? Who would like a three-hour lunch break? Yeah? I'll tell you who. Italians. <laughs> That's why they did it. 
But you, you didn't go home until 6.30 because the bell would ring again at 6.30 which said now you can go home in the evening. So everybody everywhere could hear these bells. Out in the fields they would ring them and people would stop their work at these different times. You had all these different kinds of things going on. So the Jews who have the Romans in charge of them, they suddenly, they get to fall in with these times too. And then the Christians started to use these bells as reminders for prayer. They developed a habit of praying at these different times and they called it, eventually it became known as the Liturgy of the Hours. The Roman Catholic Church still, still does this and, and some other denominations do this. Uh, every day they will pray these kind of prayers. Some people call it the Divine Office, some churches call it. And, uh, and then they, in some places they even use the Latin and they're using the Roman terms about things like matins and vespers. You might have heard these kind of words and wonder what they're about. Well, it's all to do with that. And over time, monks in monasteries, to help them to pray, they started to put their own bells in the monasteries. And so that's where, I know somebody who probably knows this song, um, Frere Jaca, um, would, would have the words. Who knows Frere Jaca? Some people. Frere Jaca, Frere Jaca. Dormez-vous, dormez-vous. Are you asleep? Are you asleep? What does he say next? Sonne le matina. What does that mean? Ring the morning bells. Yeah? It's like, wake us all up. We're supposed to be getting up and praying. Where are you? Why are you still asleep? You're supposed to be ringing the morning bells so that we can all pray. And they would ring these bells to gather people to pray. In the 1400s, the monks started to think, how come Frere Jack is always asleep and we keep on missing this? What we actually do, we need to automate this and we need to make some mechanical ways that actually we can get those bells rung. We need to have something that will remind us of prayer. And so the Latin word for bells is clock. C-L-O-C. Clocks were invented to give people time for prayer. Whatever happened? See, the clock was not invented to make life speedier, to make it faster, to make it more hurried and more stressed out. In fact, the reason clocks were invented in the first time was to make people stop their work and remember God. I love the, uh, the church at Cheadle has that bell tower. And it has the, the, the clock on it. And years ago, some crazy vicar got in trouble, I believe, for, uh, for putting um, on the clock face, instead of like numbers and everything, it just says, forget not God. That's very much how clocks were invented in the first, that's the reason that they were, they were there, wasn't to, to stress us out and to get us going more and more faster, faster, faster. It was so people would stop in the day and go, okay, remember God. I need to connect with God. It wasn't go, go, go. It was stop, stop, stop and connect. It's like bong. Oh, stop. Connect with God. Pray right where I am, right here now. I can connect to God. And over the centuries, these daily times of prayer, they be, as I say, they become liturgies of the hours and we love to make things very complicated and sometimes religious and so they would end up with like, the liturgy of the hours became four volumes thick of things that you could pray at those different times and all that. And, you know, and we don't want to do that, but what we want to do is anything that helps us to pray, isn't it? What can help us to connect with God more. So what about taking a, a cue from that and thinking about a typical day in your life because I'm like you I'm stressed out and I'm busy and I can just get straight up into it and get busy throughout the day I go to bed tired and think what happened to that but so take a typical day in your life instead when you wake up I would imagine most of us wake up in the morning 
I'm not going to judge anybody who doesn't necessarily. But say sometime in the morning you, you get up. Why not set an, a, an alarm, a little reminder? And the first thing that you do is actually to stop and pray. Midday, set a reminder, stop and pray. Before you go to bed, set a reminder, stop and pray. I'm not talking about 25 minutes of intercession and crying out to God with tears necessarily. I'm on about just checking in. Stopping what you're doing and checking in with God. How can we do that? You write this down. Number one, the first thing is when you wake up, how about you get up with gratitude? When you get out of bed in the morning, before you even get out of bed in the morning, before you go on Facebook in the morning or Instagram or wherever it is and check out all that really important stuff, before you go on the news and get worried, fill your mind with gratitude by telling your father three things you're grateful for. That's what I'd encourage you to do. Three things you're grateful for. You see, it's impossible to be fearful and grateful at the same time. You can't. You can't do it. So if you focus on three things that you're grateful for, and I mean little things. It doesn't have to be great big things. It could just be little things that you're just saying, thank you, God, for the dog, <laughs> for breakfast later on. Whatever it is, just little things that you're thankful for. Thank you that I'm, I'm awake for another day. I'm alive for another day. Thank you for a roof over my head. Whatever it is, just thinking about a few things that you can be grateful for. Because you can get up with griping, you can get up with grumbling, you can get up with groaning, you can get up with growling, you can get up with grousing, or you can get up with gratitude. Studies have shown the single healthiest emotion is gratitude. The attitude of gratitude actually makes you emotionally, physically, mentally stronger. So what about you start every morning by, instead of thinking about all the things that could go wrong, just being grateful for some things that have already gone right. Thanking God for what he's done and what he's doing in your life and what you think he's going to do in your life. And if you're thinking, well, I don't even know what I'd say. Well, why don't you write out a gratitude list and keep it by the side of the bed? Just have a piece of paper and some things that you can be grateful for. So in those moments when like, I don't know what to do, you could read the list. So you've already got started on a few things that you're grateful for. Thank you. Or you could, you know, Father, thank you that I'm so grateful for my life. Thank you that, that I've got, a, a, you've given me a plan and a purpose for, for my life. Thank you that it's, I'm not just living by accident. Thank you that you've blessed me. Within, and just read through the list. It'll change your attitude before you've even got started throughout the day. Psychologists say your attitude for the whole day is set in the first eight minutes. You know, no wonder some people like they get up and they like hit the snooze button. Oh, I hate life. What would I got to wake up for? Oh, got to do this. Got to. It's like what? That's your attitude set for the day. You can change it. You can. You can change it tomorrow. Immediately. It's just a choice. It's a decision. You you could make a playlist. Of, you could use some of the worship songs, the kind of songs that get sung here. Have a playlist that goes with a playlist. That you just put on some worship songs and, and begin to thank God for them. Look at this great verse on the screen, Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Some people get, get worried about all kinds of things. Well, well, don't. That's what the Bible says. Oh, I'm so anxious. Do not get anxious about anything. Well, how can I do that? That doesn't seem very empathetic. But in everything, by prayer and petition, petition just means I'm asking God. 
Don't get anxious about anything, but instead, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, present your request to God. And what will happen then? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, you won't even understand it, it will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is an incredible blessing with regard to like mental health you know i love all the mindfulness stuff and cognitive behavioral therapy and all that but this was all in the bible before any any of that this was saying you can you can sort your mind out and your spirit out by connecting with god in these different ways so and what you know you could set an alarm on your phone again for around 12 p.m as well it doesn't matter but you could stop in the middle of the day next thing and it's like bong bong not that you're watch or phones necessarily gonna make that noise <laughs> but you stop and you pray and you you're like god okay i want to stop now in the middle of my day in the middle of my day i want to remember what matters most what matters most what's the most important things that i've got to do because i've got so many things i don't know about you but so often it's by the middle of the day that i'm starting to get stressed out again because the lists filled up because there's things that I didn't get done, there's things that other people want me to do, and now this person's gone off sick, and they're giving me their stuff, and I've got to do their things too, and I've got all those emails that I've got to answer, and all these people that are pecking my head about all kinds of stuff. And so what do I do? Well, rather than just keep going faster and faster, maybe if I pause, press pause, and realign my life with, with God, and ask Him, ask Him what is most important for me. God, I want your plan. I want your purposes. I don't just want to be busy. I want to be effective. I want, to make, I want my life to make a difference. I want my hours and my minutes and my months to make a difference. And not just for me, but for the, my work colleagues or for my family and for my city and for this nation. I want it to be... I want, so I can't do that, but I'm, I'm connecting to you. Please, would you help me? Show me what's most important. And if you write out your to-do list, that's a good thing to do. But I think that you know, we can do this and God can help us to get it done. Or at least the most important things that need to be done. Because Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus promised that when he said, if you seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness, in other words, what he wants, his agenda, his plan, all the other things will be given to you as well. So it's not either or. It's not like, oh, you can get all Christian and pray about it, or you can do something. It's like, as I do this, God promises he'll help me with all those other things because he'll get done the things that I couldn't get done. Like we just heard from Andrew at the beginning, that worry about work. Did you know you could bring things like that to, to God? Absolutely. Well, I haven't got enough time for that. Pray. I haven't got enough time to pray. Well, pray about it. <laughs> um, I haven't got enough money. I haven't got en- I will seek God's agenda. I haven't got enough resources. I haven't got enough capacity. What's the decision that I've got to, to make? I want to put your agenda first. How do I get this assignment finished? put God's agenda first because you can talk to God about all things rather than stressing out about them seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given to you God I need your help with this project oh it's never going to get done and then you find something happens and he he does get involved because he's your dad and he loves you and he wants to be able to help share your to-do list with God and help him to get it done he'll help you to get it done and as I say if you do this around lunchtime Set yourself a little reminder. You'll find you're living a lot less by pressures and more by priorities. Because you just stop for a minute. That's all it takes. I say, I'm not talking about you know, doing a whole hour or something like that. Just a minute, just a pause in the middle of your day and to be able to ask God. Number three, this is about PJ time. 
when you're getting your bowl, getting ready for your bulbies, your bowl bowls. Does anybody else get ready for their bowl bowls, or is it just me? <laughs> I end my day with an encouraging truth. Just rather than just ending my days with more TV or whatever, so often I do that, and we fill our heads with with stuff for television and or whatever else it is, and then go to bed like too tired. But what about even putting this a bit before that? Like an hour before you go to bed. Just make a little reminder that I wanna, I wanna not just go to bed and give God that last five seconds, but like an hour before, think about an encouraging truth. Read a little bit of scripture or say the Lord's Prayer. I'm, doing the, I'm talking through the Lord's Prayer in the evenings at Ivy at the moment and it's so amazing. I thought I'd do it in one week and I've ended up just having to stop and, and go, oh, such an incredible phrase. Like last week, I couldn't get through the whole of a phrase. I ended up having to stop halfway through, and it's the same tonight. I'm going to talk about leaders not into temptation, and what does that mean tonight? Because it's so deep. But, you know, but the good thing about the Lord's Prayer, well, there's all kinds of things about the Lord's Prayer, but it finishes like this. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. See, just think about what that means before you go to bed, and you're going to worry an awful lot less about what's going on in the world because ultimately you remember well, three encouraging truths. Number one, God is in control. Whatever it might appear like, whatever's going on right now in my life, that, that tells me God is in control. The politicians aren't. The boss isn't. God is ultimately in control. So when I pray, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen, before I'm going to get ready to go to bed, I'm reminding myself who's sovereign, who's in control in the world. And it's like I can go to sleep and rest and like, God, I'm leaving you in charge of the world. I, I'm, I can't be in charge of it. I'm leaving it up to you and I'm trusting that you'll be in charge. I'm going to go to bed trusting you. Number two, the second truth is this reminds me it's not the end of the story. Because number three, God wins. I don't know if you've read the end of the book, but God wins in the end. God wins in the end. Have you, that's in the last chapter of the Bible. The end of the story is it's all good. <laughs> I can sum it up. In the end, it's like, it's all good. Corrie Ten Boom, who went through incredible stuff. She was in a concentration camp for years, but years later she wrote this. She says, if you look at the world you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. How do we go to sleep? How you go to sleep at night is going to determine again a lot about how you're going to wake up the day after. So I want to encourage you, why don't you try this out, even for this, the rest of this 40 days of prayer, the next, next few weeks maybe. I'm not talking, as I say, I'm not asking you to do necessarily 20, 25 minutes a day, but just if you've got your phone or whatever, to, to make a little reminder sometime in the morning, sometime around lunchtime, and sometime before bedtime, just to make a little ping on your phone that might remind you to stop, like, oh, the bell went off. I'm going to stop what I'm doing, and I'm just going to pray and connect with God in that moment. Who'll do that? Can I just see a show of hands of anybody who's up for that? And I mean it honestly, you're going to do it, you're not just doing it to be nice to me, or because I'm really looking at you. Yeah. How come you didn't do it? Okay. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things. God will sort them out. God will do it. Because God can do in a few minutes, in a minute, what you could never get done. You could never figure out for yourself. God can do it just like that because he's God. Can I invite you to stand and we're going to pray? 
see, the, what I love about this series is all these things are practical, but they really could change your life for good forever. If you practice it. They won't do anything if it just goes in one ear and out the other. If you don't do anything about it, if we don't change our lives the way God wants them to change, they're not going to change. But if we start to practice these things, you know, imagine through prayer that you become a less stressed out person. That you, you make better decisions. There's, there's, you, you've got access to more wisdom. You're more productive. You're healthier. All these things I could go on, going on. So pray throughout the day. It's fine. Just keep on doing that. You can talk to God about any time, anything you want to. Just checking in with God. God, Father, thank you that I can talk to you. I'm just checking in with you now. Or, or dong, my watch just rang or my phone pinged or whatever. I'm going to stop stressing, rushing, pressing in. I'm going to pause for a minute. I'm going to connect with you in worship for a moment and just say thank you, God, that you're in charge. Why don't you pray right now? Why don't we pray right now? It helps to sometimes to close your eyes and focus. God, you are good. We've sung about that before. And I want to start each day with gratitude. I just want to think more about your goodness to me. And throughout your day, help me to seek your kingdom first, your priorities and plans for my life. Let them be number one. And at the end of the day, when so often I might feel tired and stressed and overwhelmed and worrying and can't sleep, help me remember the truth that you are in charge. That you're in control. And when the outside world seems to be getting darker, thank you that you, you know the end of the story. You hold the future. And even as we're praying now in this place, if this is a holy moment as people are connecting with God. And I don't know everybody here, but I know there's always some people, some of you maybe, that if we sat down across from you right now and had a conversation and I said to you, where do you stand with God? You might hesitate and you don't really know how to respond to that question. Um, because in the back of your mind, maybe even in the front of your mind, you'd say, um, I'm just not sure where I stand with God. All this talk about prayer is good, but, but I, don't, I don't know how to connect with him really. And, and there's things in my life maybe I've messed up and got wrong I don't even know if I could connect with God or actually I, I feel like I've been running it myself I don't know if, I, if I'm ready to, um, to do what you're saying but the truth is this you, you, you're not good enough you can't be good enough because everybody's sinned the Bible says and falls short of God's glory but the story of the gospel of God's work in the world is so amazing. It's the most fantastic true story in the whole of history that God loved you so much. He's the ultimate giver. That he gave the most sacrificial gift ever given in the world. He gave his own son, Jesus Christ, who hung around with sinners and the people that even religious types rejected. People who felt, like we heard before at times, weird and not normal and then he said to them you're my kind of people and he didn't leave them as they were but he made them more and more like him as they hung around with him and he hung around with them and he loved them and he showed the extent of his love by dying for their sins on a cross 
He became sin for us, the Bible says. He died in your place and mine. He gave his life. And on the third day, when they rolled away the stone, they found that he wasn't there because he rose again. And he's alive. And he can meet with us now. So when we talk about prayer, we're talking about connecting with the living God who, who can do anything. If he can remove a stone from his own grave, then what's impossible, what's difficult anymore? And he did it so that you and me and anybody, the Bible says, who calls on his name will be saved, will be forgiven, will be transformed and changed. And you might not know it all and you never will know it all, but if you know that you need his grace and his help and his love, and if you know that you need to be set free, then you need to know it's free and it's for you and it's all up for grabs, but you have to say yes. It's not automatic. And so I, I want you to, if you're ready to pray it, just to pray today, Lord, I, I say yes because I need you. I need to have that connection with you in my life. I need your forgiveness. So I give you my life to Jesus. If you're praying that, can I ask you to just lift up a hand right now so I can see you and pray that with you and agree it with you? Anybody here? We always want to make this offer for free. Just to lift up a hand and say, God, I want that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Brilliant. Great, well, we, we want to pray that along with you, if you're praying that. So I'd ask you, everybody here, nobody needs to pray alone. I'd like everybody to pray this prayer out loud with me together. You ready? When you pray, Heavenly Father, I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me a brand new person. Fill me with your spirit now so that I can connect with you and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own because I belong to you. And in Jesus' name I pray. And I'm not going to say amen because I'm going to keep on talking to you <laughs> as we worship. And we're going to worship God. I'm going to thank him. And those people who uh, put up a hand, uh, really love to talk to you if you want at the end and explain more about what it means. Brilliant. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.